0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith's America podcast. This is volume 100-something. This is a summer vacation edition. Travis is in OH. IO. I am in OCNJ over here at our, uh, our beach place, Laney's hometown. Uh, we have a house up here, and we come up here for the summers. It's an amazing experience. We love it. We love doing it every year. Any of you guys who are Marty Smith's America, excuse me, I meant to say Marty and McGee. Any of you guys who are uh, avid listeners, there's a marty mcgee know that i broadcast live on saturday mornings from the summer from up here and one of the things that you guys seem to find hilarious is when i ask mcgee to hold on just a minute so i can tell my children that hello i'm broadcasting live to the globe can y'all please hold it down whatever you're watching on youtube and your conversations about what you're having for breakfast and that's a That is a segue to let you guys know that uh, same situation here. You're going to hear dogs barking, birds chirping, random conversations in the background about whatever. So uh, that's just welcome to the human yard sale that is Marty Smith. Uh, We have an episode today that y'all are going to love, and I sure did. Let me give you some background before we get to our guest, who is arguably the greatest – collegiate defensive player who ever breathed and in probably inarguably travis the greatest defensive back that's ever played the game of football
1: you better hope that he doesn't listen when you said arguably
0: yeah uh (laughs) i think i think uh probably you think of the greatest dbs of all time uh this guy uh, is the tip of the spear it is jackson state head football coach prime time Deion Sanders, and I have been captivated by this man, Travis, since I was nine or 10 years old. He started at Florida State University in 1986 and was like this alien out of nowhere who had this unbelievable self-confidence, bravado, cockiness, me against the world, and backed every single ounce of it up with talent on the field. And I said that to Dion in the interview you're about to hear. I had never – you know, I grew up in the country on a, on a farm, uh, you know, out in Appalachia. And so when we see this dude in the track suit with the chains and the whole thing, and he has this unadulterated, uninhibited self-confidence – You go, wow, what is this? And again, backed every bit of it up with his play. And so as so many of you guys listening know, I have a relationship with Academy Sports and Outdoors. We do a ton of outdoors content. We got a lot coming in the next couple of years. We have a plan that I think could change the world. And I believe it will change the world in a lot of ways with the content that we're going to produce here uh in in the coming months and years. And I got invited by Academy Sports down to Dallas, Texas uh, a couple of weeks ago to host an MC and kind of direct audibly their celebrity fishing tournament that they had down just outside of Dallas. And one of the attendees, one of the participants was Coach Prime. He is an avid fisherman and Uh, also has a relationship with Academy and he's someone that I wanted to spend time with. I wanted to sit down. I wanted to learn from him and about him and this fascinating life lived. Okay. So how do you get from that brash 18 year old to NFL hall of famer to coach prime, this guy, who has all of this grace, who makes it his life mission to go to Jackson State University and be a leader of young men and use all, of the, the, all that he's learned throughout all of those life experiences to mold great young men. Why? Why now? How does that unfold? And I got the opportunity to do that through the Academy Sports and Outdoors Celebrity Fishing Extravaganza. I chatted with several people. I chatted with with Maddie and Tay, the country music stars, Jimmy Allen, country music star, our colleague Marcus Spears, and I talked to the first ever WNBA draft pick. She had her own shoes, Cheryl Swoops, and spent some time with each of those folks before they went out on the lake to participate in in the celebrity fishing tournament. And I desperately – I told Academy, I got to get Coach Prime because of the impact that he's had on me and kind of the way that I viewed sport. He helped shape that. So – And you know what's
1: funny, Marty, is you've talked about all the crazy things that he's done, and that's enough for, you know, three people in their lifetime. We didn't even mention, oh, he
0: played in the World Series. Played in the World Series as well. And – it's just, it's what a remarkable life lived. Right. And so I got that opportunity and boy, did I take advantage? I, we spent 15 minutes chatting, which you guys will hear momentarily, but I, he's one of those people who have so many life chapters that you just, just scratching the surface on all of them could be 10 hours. If you get real deep into the nitty-gritty, I mean, it's a book. It's a book that would be the most interesting story. So maybe someday Prime will let me write that book, hint, hint. But you guys are going to love this. Uh, We laughed a lot. I asked him a couple questions that made him think. And I know you're going to enjoy it. I am hopeful that during this upcoming college football season, which none of us can wait for, can't wait, man, that I can go down to Jackson State University and sit down with him for 45 minutes or an hour with cameras on us to really discuss with great depth why this is right. What is it about this specific opportunity that lured you to Mississippi? So without any further ado, uh, here is the head coach of the Jackson State University Tigers, prime time here's deon sanders on marty smith's america a legend icon hall of famer i mean i don't have enough superlatives hey, keep going though you what's a superlative going. that you've not been called that i can call you i a don't bass know best champion there you go bass a champion. bass fishing I like champion it. i like
2: that i've never done this
0: yeah
2: I'm, i fish now but i've never fished in a tournament so what's it like to to have this opportunity i'm, I'm excited man i was up ready I was on the road waiting for the driver.
0: Come on, man. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Come get me. I'm ready. So you, I, I, I follow you on Instagram, and, and I know your passion for the outdoors and specifically yes. fishing. How was that born? How did uh, it unfold?
2: Stepfather. Stepfather, good man. Great man. Uh, introduced me to cane pole fishing back in Florida, man. Awesome. <laughs> Old school. You the wigglers. Yep. You know, cane pole sticking out uh, into a whole other lane outside <laughs> the window. And we used to go just fishing, and I loved it. I I admired it and I adored it and it gave me so much peace and serenity so that when I grew up and made a little money I always said to myself I'm gonna have my own lakes man. So every crib I've built I've always included the lake. Really? Yes.
0: Like how big?
2: Like right now I have a couple of them. I have a couple nine acre lakes on property. (laughs) I've always had lakes. I love lakes. I I love fishing. I love lakes too. I I started on on my lakes before I started on my home. That's amazing. Let me do it. get the lake straight. Then by the time the home gets done, the fish should mature.
0: When, when, you know, for your entire adult life, you've lived this life of go, go, yeah, go, go, yeah, do, yeah. be, win. Like that. When, you, when you're constantly on the move, how does being out on that lake allow you to everything, unplug and, and kind of re- reconnect with yourself? It's, it's
2: everything to me. It's my peace, it's my serenity, it's my calm, it's my be still. I always post peace be still when I'm in front of the lake or with the water. So every view from the home, I got to see water. I got to see it. And I I need access, man. I need to go out there and be able to catch a bass, a bluegill, and raise my crappie. I got to to have it. I love that. So fishing is a huge part of my existence.
0: Uh, What an amazing existence. Uh, This is a very open-ended question (laughs) that is probably going to be difficult to answer. (laughs) How do you define your impact? On what? The world, all of the. So I mean, just uh, the the way that you changed. I've never been asked that question. You changed sporting culture first, okay? Thank you. Almost by yourself. Thank you. You changed sporting culture, and 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 the evolution of this amazing career. Now you've chosen on your own accord to become a coach at Jackson State, where where you can impact these these lives in such a unique way. I just, the, the whole arc of it fascinates and me. And I love it.
2: Uh, um, even here today, um, coach, coach TC, Coach Pollock, they're here, my tight ends, coach and you know, uh, assistant OC and quarterback coach are here with me because I want them to share this moment. Man. I love it. And just hearing them, they, they've never fished in a tournament either. So all, all three of us are virgins when it comes to a fishing tournament. But that's something that we share. And I wanted to bring those guys to share something that we share Openly, man. And I love it. But the impact, I, I've never quantified it. I've, I've never thought about it that much. I've never been asked that question, brilliant question, which is going to have me in thought for the rest of the day to try to answer that.
0: I know it's hard because it's it's so difficult to in, a, in this kind of setting, certainly to try to pare it down. But uh, it's, it's just such an, an unbelievable path. Well, that you've that you've taken. So I'm, I'm happy. I, I I try to be led by God,
2: and wherever He takes me, I'm I'm ready to go because where there's vision, there's provision, and He's always given provision for the vision. And I'm at a place called there right now, and I think all of us try to reach that place called there. Well, it's very difficult to be where your feet are. There you go. What's that challenge for you? I'm always in the moment, man. I, I I'm a planner and. Uh, In that aspect, but I'm going to maximize the day. I'm not going to prepare so much for tomorrow that I miss today. So I'm going to get everything I can out of the day in that moment.
0: Why was going into coaching this way important for you?
2: I am a coach, man. That's who I am. That's who I am when I played in the NFL. Like, when you're in the NFL, you got to do your thing, you got to do your job. But that coach comes to you and says, what you want to do for this game? Well, give me him. And y'all double him, and I got that. I'm cool. So that's a bit of coaching. And then when you start to really understand the X's and O's, the ins and outs of football, you you, that's a whole nother level of understanding the game, and then understanding people. And I've always been pretty good with understanding the game, expectation, and people. You played for
0: Bobby Bowden. Yes, absolutely, legendary.
2: How did he impact your life? Bobby Bowden was a, a spiritual man, a good man, a consistent man. And coming from the hood at that present time, I hadn't seen too many spiritual men, great men, consistent men, even in my home. My father's stepfather, biological fathers, had inconsistencies, which, thank God, it it, it provoked me to be who I am today. But seeing that man in the consistency as he, as he was, but then on top of that, Mickey Andrews was my guy. Mm-hmm. That's my defensive back coach, that was my—I I call him my white father, man. That was my dude. Yeah, like he put his foot on my neck. He—he he kept the foot on the gas. He—he he was that guy for me that told me when, what, how, where, and why. What's what's the value and the lesson in self-accountability? It's a tremendous value. It's a tremendous lesson. uh everybody's hadn't been held accountable. Everybody don't understand the value of that. That's tremendous. Uh, At Jackson State, we want young men that are smart, tough, fast, and disciplined. And that has nothing to do with speed when I say fast.
0: (laughs) How fast could you run a 40 right now? If I ask you to get up right now and go out in that parking lot. I'm gonna beat the man that's beside me. (laughs) <laughs> That's a phenomenal answer. That's a great answer. You know, I work with Galloway, yes. and Galloway tells me he can still go out and run a four-four. I believe him.
2: I believe he's one of the fastest human beings on the field that I've seen. Uh, he's an unbelievable, dude. Too man. He's a phenomenal. Good, he's man. a good person. A That's man. why he's still going. But he's a he's a great guy. I Wish I would have played with him. I don't know if you've ever told you, I was the one to tell Jerry to go get
0: him. Really? Yes. He did not tell me that? Yes. Why? Why, why? Yes. why did you Why did you feel that way?
2: When I played this game, I measured a guy on how I felt about him. Like, if a guy could give me problems, I felt like he could give a lot of people problems. And his speed was something that I had to take note of. Anybody else, if you can't, if you don't threaten me, like, like horizontally, I don't feel, you, you can't, what you gonna do? <laughs> what you gonna do? Yeah. And he was one of those guys that... that that made you think, and I wanted them a part of what we're trying to do, win another Super Bowl. And so Jerry to go get him, and Jerry Jerry's that kind of guy, he's gonna go get him.
0: We gotta make sure Galloway never sees any of that. <laughs> we don't need we don't need him knowing that Dion just said that. Yeah. Uh, uh, what 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 wide receiver that you faced did you respect Jerry. the most? Jerry Rice. Jerry. Yeah. And and I know this is a why? Jerry What made him a, different?
2: Jerry was everything as a receiver. Um, some guys was big and physical, like Mike Irvin. Some guys vertically um, was going to kill you, uh, Randy Moss. Jerry had both. He could score from anywhere on the field. He could run routes, and he was well-conditioned. Most guys, I could bump and run, and I'm going to weigh you down by halftime in the third quarter, you know, because just getting off the jam and running with me the whole darn game is going to wear you down. Jerry was in shape he was in con- condition then he was a student of the game so he thought about the routes before he ran them on me
0: who in the league right now in the defensive backfield reminds you of you nobody nobody i thought like, you might t- t- say jalen
2: it, 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 it take, i love jalen that's I like it's like might- my son it takes about five five guys to, to it's, it takes about five guys to build prime Cause you gotta have that that speed, you gotta have that 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 thought process, that Florida swagger, you gotta have that Gen A Sequoia, and you gotta have that that athleticism and that ball skill. That hey hey, they don't, God don't make that no more,
0: man. <laughs> God don't do that no more. My favorite part of the answer is that you looked directly in the camera yeah. and said every bit of that. That's yes. am, that's amazing. Yes. Where's the confidence from? Um, Where? How does it? How You're develop? good. You're good.
2: The confidence, that's my natural odor, by the way. It's <laughs> my natural odor. It, it can't, it does not come from anything that I was birthed through, my mother, my, my father's. That comes from television, man. I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. So I took a little bit of that, I took a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and I incorporated all that in myself. Like, like, like my guys growing up was, was O.J. Not not the OJ that y'all know, the other OJ right. Simpson, the no, Renthal James Simpson. Um, that guy, because the way he treated his teammates and the way his teammates rode for him on on surpassing that 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 rushing record. Dr. J, Julius Irvin, he was he was the MJ. You know, he was the professional. He he didn't even have a PhD, but they called him the doctor. <laughs> Hank Aaron, for for just staying focused on on all the racist remarks and the home run title, and he surpassed it. And Muhammad Ali, man, his confidence, his swagger, his his thought process of everyone and everything that was going on around him, and he cared about everything and anybody. So all those guys, I took and incorporated them in myself, and I created Prime.
0: That's a bunch of, of men who were unwilling to compromise. There you go. Which is that's a go. unique thread yes, among those guys. I, I noticed that you've gone from, like, numbers and crosses and whatnot yeah, to— Diamond encrusted whistles. Oh, yeah, Coach Prime.
2: You know what? It's so funny that this was a regular whistle. Then I thought about, you know, the parents that I'm the re- of the kids that I'm recruiting are in my demographic. So they were probably prime fans at one point. And when they meet me, they expect prime. They don't expect Coach Prime. They expect Prime. So I got to give them what they expect. <laughs> great philosophy <laughs> it, it is, it's and the it, truth right? it's an authentic philosophy it's really which, it's really the truth
0: which I like uh, fathers and sons mm-hmm. and the opportunity to be in the competitive arena fathers and sons yeah. what's it what, what's that mean to you
2: it, it means a lot because I'm I'm coaching not only a, a wonderful uh, array of kids but I'm coaching my two sons and it's Sometimes I forget that they're out there at practice because I'm so assumed and consumed with what's going on today. But to have your sons, and, and the word father means so much to me. Um, we use daddy so loosely and so carelessly, especially in the hood, like baby dad and all of that. But we don't use father, man. So when you start talking about father, that's somebody who's clocking in and clocking out and who, who's really there and he really is doing it and really is living up to that name that he gave you, that last name, not the first, the last name. And my kids take pride in that, man. They take pride in being Sanders. And that has a lot to do with what the father did and who he is currently.
0: Being present. Yes. I, I, I don't have to be perfect, but I got to be present. All right. The one thing that he said that, I mean, you heard me say it there, cracked me up, was we were talking about Galloway. And Joey swears, Travis, he could he could get out of his suit right now, put on some shorts and go run a four-four. So wait. This is I just thought about this. You know, I've heard him talk many years. Levitard
1: is I know has always given crap about how fast he could run. And we got Dion, and we've seen some active players, but we need like a, a celebrity or you know, a former
0: athlete charity 40 yard dash. Event. Man, we would need an infirmary. We would need medical professionals on staff because yeah, but the, all these
1: all these guys say they can still do it. So the
0: percentage of hamstrings that would pop like a rubber band would be substantial.
1: You know, maybe I don't know uh, a network like ESPN, the ESPN Plus would you know like to televise. it, and if you know I you could be the lead you know
0: voice of it. Oh yeah, I'd be all in. I thought it was hilarious what Prime said: faster <laughs> than the next guy. That, uh, well, it's
1: funny that he says it, but there's many times where they'll be talking about a guy's 40 time, and it's a little slow, and then the person will say, yeah, but he's got next man speed. And while his 40 time may not be that fast at times, you put him out on the field, and he's always faster than the person right next to him.
0: Yeah, football speed's a different deal. I mean, you know, you put look at any time that this, this conversation comes up, I think of Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, you would not – if you were to YMCA and you were choosing your pickup basketball team, Hunter would be like the next guy picked based on the way he looks. But you put that cat in football pads, he is lightning. And, you know, football game speed uh, is a little different thing than lining up in the underwear Olympics and running in a straight line. So – but, I mean, you talk about, like, closing speed all time. Dion's the greatest that's ever done it. And I appreciate him sitting down and, and taking time. And I'll tell you selfishly, it was a really special moment because when he walked in the room, I mean, I don't, I don't think he knew it was me. I don't think he knew I was the person that was going to interview him. And he was so amazing to me, gave me a huge hug. He's like, man, you are the man. And again, guys, I know you guys listening, like that sounds so conceited to even mention that, but it meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to me that, that whatever I have done, that whatever preceded, That moment, I never met Deion Sanders until that moment. Whatever preceded that moment led him to have a certain image of who and what I am or a certain opinion of who and what I am, and that matters to me deeply. It matters to me that I'm I'm walking the walk, and so that meant a lot to me, man, and it was a really fun time. Everybody with him were amazing. I met some of the assistant coaches. At Jackson State, he brought his coordinators with him, and that was wonderful and just an awesome event. And let me tell you, too, during that event, Tay from Maddie and Tay caught a seven-pound, four-ounce bass, dude. Like, you don't talk about a hog. That is a – I mean, she would have charted in a big tournament. How did your fishing go? I didn't catch anything but a cold. I only got like 30 minutes to fish because my role was to go kind of boat to boat and, and interview the participants as they were fishing. Now I say all that, that I caught nothing. Um, but there's no excuses because during that 30 minutes that I was on that bass boat wetting the line, Matt Pittman, whom any of you guys who are barbecue crazed, which a lot of you guys are, if you you know have your pit boss grill and you're out there smoking that meat, uh, you know all about Matt Pittman. He founded Meat Church. He's one of the most renowned barbecue experts that there is, uh, and a great dude. I'd never met him either before this event, and, and just a great guy. He's also a sneakerhead just like I am, and so we, we bonded over Jordan's. But we spent time on that boat, man. And, and I'm out there, we're casting in similar places. Our guide is showing us where to throw it. And there was this crazy flood like the lake was up several feet. So where we were actually fishing is normally shoreline. It's normally not underwater. So we were doing what you do. You cast past the brush and you drag your lure back through the brush. And so Matt and I are just casting away, bang, he gets like a four pounder or something like that, and I got nothing but air. But anyway, the night before the event itself, that Monday night, Matt Pittman hosted a dinner for us, and he was on the smoker all day long. He made brisket. He made a smoked turkey that was out of this world, all these unbelievable sides. He made like cowboy corn. Uh, just unbelievable meal. So we sat around, drank a few cold beers and, and caught up and, and were chatting. And at the end of the night, he had made this smoked pecan dessert. And they it, it was like a pie kind of cobbler thing. And then they slapped this Texas vanilla ice cream on top of it. And everybody there implored me. You got to do this. You have you, you have you have to break your diet for at least yeah two to three bites. Drink one less cold one and eat that. So I did, Travis. It was sin on a plate. It was sin in a bowl. Like I've never tasted anything like this before. It was, it was unbelievable how great it tasted, and and it was funny when I took the first bite. Justin Martin, who any of you guys who know the Duck Dynasty guys. Justin is one of Willie and the Robertson boys' best buddies. He's one of the duck, one of the Duck Dynasty characters, as it were. One of the one of the members of that group. Whoa, y'all hear my dog? Oh, Sadie's got something on her mind. Something, probably a bird or a rabbit. So Justin started laughing out loud. He said, he said, um, he made Laney crack up on social media because. He took a bite of that, and he said, uh, that'll make you put back something you ain't even stole yet. <laughs> Justin is like Captain One-Liner. He has all these one-liners, man. He's a, he's hilarious and a great dude. I'd never met him before either. And so it was just a really great couple days of fellowship and fishing and fun there, and family.
1: Is there anything more relaxing than going out in a boat and just fishing and just – sitting out there and having, you know, if you can, a cold one or two, but just to sit there on the water.
0: No. Um, I love fishing so much. And that's one awesome thing about my relationship with Academy is we do a lot of fishing. A lot of the content that we have produced already in our traditions franchise, it is the, the, so there is this insatiable desire among the outdoors enthusiasts for content. And over the last three years, we have been fishing all over the United States of America, all over certainly all over the South, and all different types of fishing. The one thing I've done with Academy that I failed miserably, and back to floods. Uh, there was a we went down to Mississippi, and I was going to go uh, noodling. I was going to go catfish noodling. You know what this is, Travis? I'm well aware.
1: And that's, that's one thing that I don't think I could give it a try. I would,
0: that's, uh, Oh, I don't know. So I just, I mean, it's not like it was something that I was like eager, really eager to go do, but we went down to Mississippi and I met these amazing firemen who took me out and it's what they do. They're experts in noodling. They're like, they're also like YouTube phenoms because of what they've done in the, in that world. And Dude, listen to this. There are legit like coffins under the water that they put, they build these boxes and they put them under the water as kind of nesting areas for the catfish. And you go underneath the water, you slide your body in the coffin under the water and you try to get a catfish. And what you want is for the fish to bite your arm, bite your hand and arm and then you pull him out of the water with your bare hands like a neanderthal and hope it's not a turtle so we right or a snake god forbid so we went and, and tried that now we I never got one because of the there was it was a major flood same thing we were walking through a co- what was normally a cotton field up to our neck and we're never able to find any catfish because the water was really cold The water was weird at that time, so we struck out, straight-up struck out. But I'm told by my boy Josh Garza, who runs the Academy Sports Outdoors side of things, at least uh, the the marketing side that I do, Josh said we're going to go back and try to do that again this summer. So pray for me. We'll see how that goes. Um, Hope I keep all my digits. So
1: you're now at the shore, which – had been over a year because you guys didn't get to go last year, obviously. Correct. And then I didn't know, but I see on Instagram or Twitter you're at Game Seven. Oh, it was. So... When's When's the last time you went to a game as a
0: fan? No, no, not like a hit before a hit after. Just strictly fan. I don't know. I, it's been a long time, but I did take Mia. I took my oldest daughter to watched the Hornets once she was starting her little basketball career in, in like youth rec league ball and was really interested, intrigued by the game. And so I called up my boy, Fred Whitfield, the president of the Charlotte Hornets. And we went down there and got some tickets and, and met for She met Fred and he spent some time with her and we sat courtside and she just couldn't believe how big everybody was. (laughs) And I, I said, baby, me too. They're, I mean, they're humongous people. And and so that, I think, is probably the last time. And, I mean, I want to say that was – A couple I mean, years ago. He had just turned 12. I'm going to say that was probably five, four, five years ago. But it's been a while since I went just as a fan. And it was an interesting experience. So let's back up to game six, Okay. We're watching game six. It, it, it's also a very different experience just to watch games up here with my family because they're so out of their minds about Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers. They're out of their damn minds. And what it is, it's like watching college football in the South. Yep. It's like watching, you know, Alabama or LSU you, you've in Baton Rouge me, or T Town. You've texted me during high state games. That's what it's like. Yes, it's like watching – it's like all you, all you folks out there who grow up in OH, it's like watching a, a Buckeye game as someone who grew up somewhere else. And, and so, so they were out of their minds for game six, and it was really a fun experience to, to be around that kind of passion. And so in the middle of the game, I mean, I've, I've had a couple pops. All of us have. And we got the boys in there. We got the whole family in there watching the game. And the boys are asking us questions and, and learning about the players and all that. And so that's always fun when you're telling, you know, your 15-year-old son all about Joel Embiid and kind of his story and Ben Simmons and everything that he's going through right now and Trey Young and how he's public enemy number one in cities all over the Northeast at this point. He lit up the Knicks and then he lit up the Sixers. But you're explaining all that. And I'm like, you know what, man, I'm going to just see what I can do here. So I have uh, great friends with the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, one of which is Laura Weems, who works with the team. She works for the president of the of the team. And so I texted Laura and I said, is there any way that you can get me tickets? to this game, seven. I know that's a hell of an ask on the you know eve of the game or two nights before the game. But uh, we figured out how to make it happen. We got the tickets. And she was lovely. She, uh, We went into this thing called the Banner Lounge where my brother-in-law and I could get a couple cold ones and just had an unbelievable time and just an awesome experience until the very end when that Ben Simmons moment, I mean that it's it's I've seen on our air the last few days Stephen A and everybody else under the sun who knows any. Stephen A was at the game I actually randomly I'm sitting in my seat and Melinda Adams my field producer on college football and every like it, I've worked with Melinda ever since my NASCAR days she's the bomb she comes walking down the stairs and she's waving at me in her mask. And I'm like, what? She was there to work with Stephen A. And I think Malika Andrews. I think she works with Malika a lot. Yes, yeah, she does. And so that was cool to see Melinda. But, um, you know, I've heard everybody discussing that moment where Ben Simmons was wide open. Sadie has an opinion. You can hear it. Coffee's going off. Um, I've heard everybody discuss this moment. And I'm telling you, Travis, it was genuinely shocking to watch. I mean, like, I looked at my brother-in-law. We took our sons. Cameron's 15. Chase, my nephew, is 13. And, and my brother-in-law, Mike, was sitting right beside me. And when Ben Simmons had the ball wide open under the hoop, the, that moment in the game was such like a, a seminal moment in the, in the narrative the arc of that game, if he flushes that dunk, the place goes. The nuts. lid blows off the place, right? But he ends up passing it to a guy with three people on him, and so we're all kind of looking like, what? What? Just, wait, what just happened? Did, am I drunk? Well, I was not drunk, and I do believe that that moment was the end of Simmons tenure in Philadelphia because, and I've heard, you know, I'm not the only person. I've heard Stephen A. say that. I think I've heard Jay Will say that over the last couple of days. I know everybody here in Philly feels that way because I'm, I'm like, I'm around the fan, but I'm in the epicenter of the fan base right now. So we're like, I'm just such a different, I think so differently and you know, I'll be honest. I'm kind of all over the, all over the map on this because like I have so much empathy for people who are going through things and it's obvious to me I don't know Ben Simmons I never met Ben Simmons and I've watched him play probably 10 times in his life and eight of them were at LSU so so take all of what I'm about to say kind of with a grain because it's not born from a major catalog of depth about his career. When you get to a place psychologically and emotionally where you're so deep in your own head based on the criticism of others that you give up a dunk. Like I, in the, in game seven of the playoff, like you, you are looking to pass the basketball so Badly, you want to avoid the spotlight so much that that's your first instinct, that's a really bad place. Yeah, I gotta and, think that
1: mentally he's just in a place where he's gotta find a way to recover, and a change of scenery might be what he right.
0: needs. I want so so again, not knowing Ben at all, no know him, never met him. Don't know, never interviewed him, never been around, never been in the same room with him. I've been in the same arena now. But, like, I just want to hug him. And then, you know, this is why I say I'm all over the place on this. Then, on Monday of this week, I see Stephen A on first take talking about he got a text from somebody close to Ben or in Ben's circles or whatnot that Simmons is so coddled by everyone around him that he won't put in the work. And I know that Jimmy Butler has said that in the past. Jimmy Butler has said in the past, I didn't respect his work ethic. So that's why I'm all over the place on this, where the empathy inside me goes. I want that man to go somewhere else to work his ass off and learn how to shoot the basketball effectively At least shoot 70% from the free throw line and have a great career because he's still really young, but it ain't here. And so it's just a really unique scenario. But I can tell you, being in Philadelphia right now, man, disgust is not even a strong enough word.
1: So let's go back to just the environment, though, because you've been to, you've kind of seen the country and the sports world open up. You've been at events with nobody and slowly. you know, it, it getting better and better. What was that like just to be walking into the arena and just being there? It was
0: inappropriate four letter word. Awesome. It was, it was so off the hook that, you know, I was in a weird headspace too, man, because like everybody, like our entire family had on Sixers gear I wore a gray t shirt, you know, because the, the fact of the matter is you are unbiased, right? I mean, we're just, you, you're, that's kind of the way it needs to be. Well, I, I think though, if you wanted to, going as a fan with your family, I
1: think now there would have been some loser that tries to say something, but I think you could have worn a 76ers and I could. Your position there is not.
0: I completely you know. agree with that. But a, a, as I said to Laney, You know, I took a lot of pictures, right? So when you're standing there and somebody wants to take a photograph and you're at the game and that's what you have on and that might be the only context somebody sees, then, you know, that's going to be their inclination. Now, I say that, I'm going to speak right out the other side of my mouth because I wear Alabama, LSU, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Ohio State, Michigan. I wear college gear all the time. So it makes no sense that I feel that way about the NBA, which I don't cover very rarely, right? I've only covered NBA games or players a handful of times, but I cover college football every day. So I don't know. I'm, it doesn't make any sense what I'm saying, but that's just where my headspace was. But it was just a really awesome experience other than, you know, the, the way the game ended because the Sixers just straight up laid an egg. Uh, I will say as a sports fan even though I mean like they were yelling FU Trey Young like they were they were chanting FU Trey Young to, multiple times during the game the Philly crowd was and watching that kid play that dude is special man he's, that dude's different he's a killer he is an assassin he is a stone cold killer and to be that size and like it, it, the what I realized watching him live—that's the first time I've ever seen him live. What I realized that you can't see on TV—at least I can't—I'm sure that the Jay Wills and the former players of the, of the like the current players of the world coaches see this. What I didn't see until I watched him real time in real life was how impossible it is for the defender to anticipate him. He's it's unreal. You can't anticipate what the move's going to be. His quickness is absurd. His range is absurd. And his conscience is non-existent. He he Just, thinks when he crosses the line that he's now in range. He's in range, yeah. I mean, him and Steph are those two are those and Dame. Probably him, Steph, and Dame are those dudes in the league that have that man. The other thing that impresses me with Trey is his ability
1: to control his body, especially when around defenders, because he's not a big dude. So, you know, he's, he just finds a way to get a shot off and control his body.
0: It's, it's amazing what he's doing. Another thing that was really fun about watching that game was watching Kevin Herter because did you see the Rick Astley Travis? Did you, did I send you this, the, the Instagram post? Did you see it? I saw. And it's funny. Uh, Van
1: Pel, we had him on the podcast last night. And you so had heard her at, own? Yeah. And so oh my gosh,
0: that's awesome. Uh, and so he we, is a terp.
1: He asked him about you know all that stuff, and he's like, I'm just kind of used to it. Even he's like, even when I went to Maryland, people thought I was a four-year player, even though I was, you know, you know, this big time recruit and everything. Just kind of I'm an unassuming
0: guy, and he goes, I'm okay with it. What a great, like, how fun to watch a guy like that who, quite frankly. I bet the vast majority of America never even heard of until the other night. That dude was going off. They know his name now. They sure as hell know his name now. And, you know, as a super uber pale redheaded man, that's my dude. I I was
1: going to say, you just, you have to root for a fellow ginger, right? It's like, it's just in the
0: bylaws. No doubt. And and the Levitar boys on their, on their show the other day, uh, they put on on Twitter, they were like, who is the greatest redhead of all time or something like that? And they had like Galileo, Rick Astley, Kevin Herter, and they didn't have me on there. Yeah. And there, so I a, responded. The, no, like, I don't even get love from the homies, man. It's ginger problems. And there's even a four, you can put four names, you know, four things to vote on in a poll. And they, they, you know, that's my man. own mother in law. Last night at dinner, my own mother in law asked me if I was coloring my beard color i could see i can see the gray from here dude listen though i had a i mean like i had not i had not trimmed my beard once since the pga champion the the sunday of the pga championship was the last time i'd trimmed my beard before monday night
1: that's like almost a month ago
0: dude that i looked like a chia pet it was ridiculous and but it was great sunscreen by the way anyway I because I uh, Kirk Herb Street and I had a commercial shoot together on Tuesday in Charlotte all day long, and I wanted to look presentable for the partner for Eckrich, uh, Eckrich sausage, Eckrich meats. Kirk and I have a deal with them for the college football playoff, so I shaved probably eighty percent of my beard off, and the pile of hair in the floor, Sadie Sadie doesn't even recognize me. You can hear Sadie is not happy about it. The pile of hair in the floor was outrageous. All right. But my mother-in-law, I sit down last night, I drive into town from the commercial shoot, and my entire family is at Kessel's Corner, our favorite restaurant here in Ocean City. It's an old-school 1950s ice cream parlor diner kind of vibe. We love it. They have the best buffalo chicken wrap on earth. So I walk in and sit down with my family in this Circular booth in the back. I sit right beside my mother-in-law, Sally Kakosa. She's looking at me funny. I'm like, what I did have on a full suit, which was odd in the first place. She's looking at me funny. I'm like, what? She goes, are you putting a little, little red, extra red in your beard these days? I said, no. She goes, you sure? She goes, it looks a lot more red than it did two days ago. I said, well, I cut 80% of it off. And when I looked in the mirror when I got back last night, I'm like, you know, she's kind of right. It is a lot m- – I guess it gets browner as it sprouts. And grayer. Definitely gets grayer as it sprouts. But, I mean, I've said this once before
1: when we were down in Augusta. I'll say, now nah, I can see the white. You, you kind of have like a golden retriever look going for you.
0: Yeah, tr- Patrick Abrahams, my brother from another, my field producer. He That line made him almost piss his pants. He <laughs> – he th- thought that was the funniest like description and most accurate description he's ever heard so that's what I've been up to this week or last couple weeks Travis is in his native oh and uh, it was your daddy's 70th birthday that yeah, is so, awesome happy birthday Papa rockhold so his
1: what so his 70th was on f- uh, Friday what did y'all wow. do so my brother and his family came up from Texas to surprise What's your them? brother's name I never met him Justin, he's six years older than me. All right, Justin, uh, and,
0: and he lives in Texas.
1: Yeah, he's got three kids and a wife, and so they were coming up, and so we are going to have a party for him on Saturday, but he did not know about this party, but the party's going to be thrown at his house. So it's like at some point the gig's up. He's going to know about it before Saturday. So it was just like how long can we go? Well, we are going to have a small tent put in the backyard just in case it rains or if it's sunny and you know people need to get out of the sun and whatnot. So I'm like how can we – I'm like if it's nice out, I'm just telling him when they show up because I'm sitting by the pool all day drinking cold ones. Tough gig. Well, it happened to be rainy. So I'm like, all right, I can get him out of the house. So I take him to the, we go to the range and then we go get lunch afterwards. And I'm like, all right, we're coming back. I'm like, he's got to see this tent. He's there's no way he doesn't see the tent. We pull into the house, pull in the driveway and walk in the house. I'm like, he hasn't seen the tent yet. I don't know how, but I guess when you're 70, some, <laughs> you just aren't looking. Some things just pass you by. So then we're, uh, I set up where we're gonna go to uh, this restaurant called Castle Luau. They're actually closing on Saturday after 61 years. They've just wow, they're not closed co- COVID. Hurt. No, they're, they're they they yeah. have business and it's just you know the restaurant business as a especially when you have family and stuff and kids and so the owner kind of you know so we surprise we take him over there and that's where my brother's at already surprise him and then there's about there's 18 total of us uh, awesome, for man. dinner so I'm like all right. Now we got to go back home again, and that's when he walks, in. and then he sees the tent. He's like, "What's the tent doing in my backyard?" And I'm like, "I'm throwing a party tomorrow." And he's like, "For who?" I'm like, "For you, surprise." <laughs> and so then Saturday morning, man, it's it's raining, it's pouring Saturday morning. Good I'm like, oh. Tent. "Oh, But I mean, at the, if it was if it kept raining like this, it just wasn't gonna work. And it ended up clearing around eleven, and it was like it might rain at like four, and the party was at two. And then the rain just kept moving. It didn't rain at all the entire That's day.
0: Awesome, man! So we just had, I mean,
1: uh, people coming and going. Pool. Was What's your open. hometown
0: again? What's it called?
1: Lima, spelled like Lima, Lima, Peru. Yeah. I've heard. So of we Lima. just we yeah. just had a good time, just sitting back, drinking cold ones. Uh, lots of Tito's was consumed. I believe it. Shocker. I know. And then on Sunday, Tito's. where are
0: y'all at? Come on, Tito's y'all are making so much money. You need to put Travis on a, on a deal. I need to be put on scholarship. And speaking of Tito's
1: uh, my dad, I I don't know if you found them on their website or what these white gym shorts with this massive Tito's logo on one side. And it says like Tito's handmade vodka on the other. And they are now my favorite, but it was, it's, it's been a good time to just come back and You know, same thing with you. Just coming back to the shore and just kind of be able to, you know, recharge the battery a little bit, get some, you know, pool time for you, go out there in the ocean or whatever, and it's 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 just fun,
0: man. When I so like I said, Kirk and I had a commercial shoot the other day for Eckrich, and I flew into Charlotte on Monday evening to make sure that I was ready for an eight o'clock call on the next morning or eight thirty, I guess it was, down at the uh, Carolina Panthers facility. So I got to my house at like 6.30 p.m. I don't have any car because my truck's here in in Ocean City. And so I go to my house and I pull the Wagoneer out. I don't drive the Waggy very often, but I pull the Wagoneer out and I'm driving it around. I put a little gas in it and I notice some leakage. I got some – there's some fluid on the ground in my garage So I spray out the fluid and I'm looking under the Jeep and I'm checking it out. I put the Jeep back and it's getting on towards dusk. It's probably like, you know, close to eight. I'm like, man, I'm going fishing. I sat on my dock for an hour plus zipping lines out there. I had top, (laughs) I was using top water lure, and I got a bite one and it's that same damn fish. I swear it jumps out of the water and winks at me. And goes right back in and laughs. I think Alani went- made a Laney made a deal. It's like, listen,
1: Marty needs to catch a fish every so often here. Gosh,
0: my neighbor Travis across the cove from me, he'll send me these photos of what him and his little boy catch off my dock. They catch they. I I zip my line over towards his dock and then my neighbor uh, Shannon's dock, and I'll get a little nibble every now and then, little nibbles. But, man, I don't know what Travis is using. I'd ask him what bait he's using. What kind of fish do you have there? Bass, bro. Well, I'm glad you guys had a blast at Dad's 70th. Please wish him a happy birthday from everybody at Team Smith. And uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us like that. Thanks so much to Dion for taking the time just to sit with me for a few minutes at the Academy Celebrity Fishing Tournament. That goes for all the other celebrities that were there as well. They all gave me time. Really grateful, and, man, do I love my relationship with that company. Y'all go there. They got everything. I mean, I don't care what you want. Academy has it. Go over there and just walk around. You'll be like – I feel like a deer in the headlights every time I walk in. I just walk around like I can't believe they have this, 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 and this. Uh, It's awesome. So thank you to Academy for having me there as a guest and and to host the event. Thank you so much to our law enforcement officials all over the country. We appreciate y'all keeping our community safe. Our first responders and firemen, thank you. And to our United States military, we are grateful for your sacrifice. We live in the greatest country in the world. It's awesome to be free. Thank you, guys. Have an awesome week. That is Marty Smith's America. We'll see you next time around.